Hey there, leader. Today, today is July 9th. And on this episode of Leadership Lost and Found, today we're going to talk about facing conflict, how to see it, how to manage it, and how to grow from it. Continuing our tradition of this day in history, July 9th, 1764. The location is Russia. Catherine, the empress, becomes empress of Russia when she quickly rallies the armies in and around St. Petersburg and overthrows her husband. Um, Eight days later, coincidentally, he was assassinated. I'm sure she had nothing to do with that. Um, Yeah, shocking. Uh, You want to talk about conflict. That's That's a marriage made in heaven. Yes. Um, She would reign over Russia for the next 36 years and is recognized as one of the better rulers of of Russia during the Tsarist reigns. Uh, But not only that, she worked very hard to modernize and westernize much of Russia to compete with the European powers and their growth at the time. So clearly, our topic today is conflict. So Randy, this is on to you. Let's level set. So as we define the word conflict, what we're talking about today is a disagreement or an argument between people, or a clashing of interests or personalities. So like Rocky versus Apollo Creed? Yes, more like Rocky versus the big Russian guy. I must break you. Oh, yeah. uh, Well, could we go Star Wars, but that seems a little tropey, right? Darth Vader versus his son. Don't date yourself. Okay. Oh, God. (laughs) Another old joke. So one of the brutal truths of leadership. Besides being old. (laughs) is that most people underestimate or are actually surprised by the fact that leaders must face conflict to solve problems. Conflict between people, uh, between teams, across management change, it really doesn't matter. As a leader, you are going to face conflict. So with conflict, nobody likes conflict, Randy. Yeah. And we always, and it's interesting because in today's workplace, a lot of people say, oh, he, he doesn't like conflict. And I always want to stand up and go, nobody likes conflict. I mean, maybe there's some of those people, but by and large, people don't like conflict. Uh, And that's natural, but you also have to realize it's also natural that conflict is unavoidable when human beings are involved. It's going to happen. Is conflict productive? Can it be productive? Because generally we think conflict is unproductive. If I think... you know, World War II, that was not productive, right? That was destructive. Or if I think about a shouting match with a guy about, you know, whether or not the Cleveland Browns are the greatest football team that ever existed. Mm. You know, it's interesting when uh, when you're talking about forging – I'm going to ignore that. When you talk about forging bonds between uh, between teams but also between metal. You know, when you forge a bond in metal, you got to heat that thing up. And you think conflict – uh, shared conflict and shared misery also forges uh, people closer together. You know, you see it in uh, the military, saw it as a football coach. You know, yeah. the conflict, uh, uh, there's a necessary and applicable part of conflict in life. But, uh, but conflict is unavoidable. And, and really, as you see it as it's part of life, it's part of the makeup, then you won't be surprised by it. Uh, the important thing as a leader is you deal with it right away. Tying that in, the question I suppose I'll ask you, Randy, is how do we as leaders face conflict? What do, how do we handle conflict? Well, the, the first one is head on. Uh, you don't avoid it. Uh, you don't put it off because conflict becomes cancer um, in a team uh, the longer you leave it set and fester. It does. Um, a couple of examples. As a football coach, even winning teams have it. Uh, conflict between players was common. 
Uh, and it starts in the locker room most of the time, but if it ends up impacting the performance on the field, I've failed as a coach. You know, there's a problem. Um, now, is that, you know, and there are different types of conflict. Is that like a, a conflict of personality? Is that a conflict of interest? Is that a relationship thing? Well, it's been all of those things, I think. Conflict of interest, relationship, two dater, uh, two players dating the same cheerleader, you know, or, oh. or, uh, uh, or you know. Or just, I'm not getting enough ball play time i'm not getting the ball enough right exactly um or you know somebody's being a ball hog whatever but um you know when you see it in the workplace that's when um that's when they take on some different nuances and and you have to handle it uh, sometimes directly and sometimes delicately i'm reminded of a very direct example um back when uh, we worked at the uh, subprime mortgage uh, uh company Yes, I was evil at one time. Sorry. <laughs> Worked for a subprime mortgage company, and, and the branch manager, stop it. The branch manager, uh, his name was Dave. I was sitting in his we'll office. We'll call him Dave. We'll Eric call Holtz. him Dave. Yeah, sorry. Sorry, Dave. Sorry. Anyway, um, he was uh, in his office, and I was sitting with him, and, and two ladies showed up at the door. They knocked, and, and uh, come to find out it was the closing manager and the processing manager. And um, I got up to excuse myself, and Dave just said, no, no, Randy, just, just sit there. It'll only take a minute. And I'm thankful he did because he invited the ladies in, and they stood in front of his desk, and he said, I hear there's problems going on between you two, and it's impacting your departments. And he said he took out his credit card. He goes, here's my credit card. Go to lunch and figure it out, or don't come back. Good Lord. <laughs> and so we got to know, did they come back? They did. They came back, and and the pro- the problem was solved. Apparently, now it may have just gone deep, deep underground, but you couldn't get a whiff of the, that problem in the office again. Is is sending a a problem like that deep, deep underground? And I guess it's probably not fair to ask, but is sending a problem like that deep, deep underground helpful? Yeah, prudent. Well, it it depends. Most of the time, not. Because here's the thing, that thing's going to, another season, it's going to crop its head back up. The next leader, it's going to come back. You know, one leader might push it down, you know, for the season, but it's going to, it's going to grow back. So do you you think your, your friend, and we're still calling him air quote Dave, air quote Dave followed up with both of them? Do you think he, I mean, I know, I know it looks cool to throw a credit card and go, go figure it out. Wait, lock him into a storage locker and say, whoever comes (laughs) out gets their way. Right. No, he was beloved by his whole team to include those two, uh, those two leaders themselves. Um, but you know, you can handle things very directly sometimes, and it depends upon your relationship with the people and your role, but also you need to deal with it delicately. Interrupt you there and say, not everybody gets an opportunity to do what Dave did and and there you know there's a lot of build up to conflict and there's a lot of angst and anxiety associated with conflict especially in a leadership position whether it's you in conflict or you as a leader in conflict an employee or like Dave had two employees in conflict mm-hmm. what are the critical steps components things that you need to to start de-escalating a conflict into into something good well i think you have to drag it out into the bright light of day you know, you need to acknowledge the conflict. I um, think our subconscious narrative causes more problems than the actual conflict itself. I, I agree. 
we tend to uh, second guess things or try to explain things away. Uh, and, you know, let's be honest, some leaders want to deal with it passive aggressively. You know, when you know there's a problem with two people, you bring all 20 people in the room and talk about conflict. <laughs> you know, that's just the worst because the 18 people in the room are going, why don't you just talk to Jim and Bob because they're the ones. Why, they're, why okay, no more force chokes. Yeah, yeah, all not- of you know, no more force chokes across. Yeah, yeah. But ignoring the issues to save somebody's feelings in the short run never works. Um, And unresolved issues just keep rising up. Um, The other thing you need to do, I think, is clarify the positions of the people involved. One of the uh, worst things I ever did, you know, you see something happens at your house, something breaks, or my kids are, are in uh, you know, fighting each other. I come in heavy handed on the one that I see throw the last slap or the last oh, thing. Yeah. And turns out that one wasn't the one that was at fault. Um, so I've made that mistake plenty of times with my kids where I jumped to a conclusion and ended up at least temporarily punishing the wrong kid, or even in some cases punishing the wrong employee. Um, but you need to allow each employee, each team member to voice their opinion and be heard um, Why? Why did they need to be hurt? Well, one of the biggest contributors to conflict is communication. Miscommunication. Yeah. You, you, you so much something. conflict is started by what I heard him say was, right. well, one of my favorite movie lines of all time from Stand By Me was, now what he said was, chopper, get him. What I heard was, chopper, sick balls. <laughs> <laughs> what? You don't remember that? That's one no, of the greatest movies. I don't movies. remember Stand that Stand by movie. me. Anyways. Was that, a, was that a black and white movie or a color No, movie? you stop. <laughs> Will Wheaton was a young man. Leave it alone. Will Wheaton. And then <laughs> Will Wheaton went on to uh, be Wesley Crusher in Star Trek, for those of you that are a little less old. Um, that was still the 90s, 30 was, years ago. Uh, well, yeah, yeah. So the first thing is defining the problem, clearly defining what is the source of the conflict. So you as a leader, congratulations on your promotion to manager, you've got a conflict and you could be Dave in your subprime days or you could be something else. You've got a conflict. How do you as a leader break this down? So the first thing is? Uh, Identify who's involved, right? And if it's Jim and Jane, you grab Jim and Jane and you say, okay, Jim and Jane, what's the problem you let them each one of them define what they think the problem is and then you know do you, you do, do that together i think you do it separately first yeah right people need people need to feel they're being heard heard and it's, especially if you're their manager you know empathy is a big thing right you, you want to hear them you want to is that drink good <laughs> Uh, you want to hear hear now you know the secret behind how we make <laughs> our podcast. Yeah, um, but uh, um, you know you you want to show that empathy and you want to do that one on one. So the first part is the people involved have a one on one with the people involved in the conflict. Find out what's going on because sometimes too, let's say it's oh I don't like the way you know so and so licks stamps or, or whatever you know pick pick whatever issue it might be sure um, it could be they're going through a tough time at home right and that is making it come out in other ways so the but, opportunity of one-on-one gives you the opportunity to flesh that and you're out. gonna you're, we're gonna tie this back to next week's podcast which is vulnerability mm-hmm. there's some of that there the mm-hmm. people 
oftentimes that conflict, especially in a miscommunication, is mm-hmm. um, they don't want to be vulnerable. Right? Right. They don't want to admit or they don't want to say I misheard or maybe I heard, misheard something, right? Because being right. wrong means you have to be vulnerable. Right. And then once you get done with the, the one-on-one session with them, you kind of com- you know, compose yourself, uh, figure out, make sure you understand what the problem is, bring them together, and you talk about it. And, and I would suggest, too, you, you bring a third party into that with you I agree. when those two are there because you've already honored them by meeting with them one-on-one. And now you're like, hey, this is what I feel the problem is, and get them to agree to what, what they feel the problem is. Sometimes in conflict you're never going to have dual agreement, but they have to agree on what the problem is. And, and I think it's so very important that during that process that you lean in. You have to lean in. You can't shy away from this conflict. Mm-hmm. You've got to be a part of it. But you lean in, and you have to say, what I heard you say was, you know, Randy's hair dye does not look authentic. It makes him look older. Once again, the lubrication that makes our podcast go <laughs> makes itself evident. Sorry. But, well, I'm not kidding. I, I'm, I'm dead serious when I say this, that, you know, acknowledging and then reading back, because that miscommunication... There's interpersonal, there's ethics, there's there's other things that people will conflict over, right? Mm-hmm. But by and large, inside of a company, mm-hmm. inside of you know a professional setting, it is a miscommunication. Mm-hmm. I totally agree with that. And I guess the other thing, the reason bringing in a third party is is okay is because conflict tends to leak out. Um, when there's conflict in a group, it's people take sides. Well, yeah, but it's also typically known far wider than most people think. Uh, people, you know, have whole departments have a rub against each other. Senior management is typically pretty well aware. I, I'm gil- guilty of this, where I've said, you know, that guy Frank who runs the XYZ department, he's out to get us, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, I have said things like this. I don't want to, but it does polarize. It does, and it, and it also begins to infect other people because now whoever might have heard you say that, you know, gets a little jaded or biased towards that group. Um, and, you know, when exterior groups begin to get wind of it, sadly even customers become aware of it, and then that's really bad because then it's a critical mass. It's a stage four cancer that's going to need now. Metastasizes, right? Right, and it's going to need extreme remedy now or to fix excision. it. Yeah. Somebody's got to go. Yeah, well, and if it's your department and it's your fault. (laughs) You're uh, the one that's going to go. Yes, yeah. One of these kids is not here. So I'm going to bring you back. So it leaks out, right? And that brings us back to communication. Mm -hmm. One of my favorite books, Crucial Conversations. And I've recommended it to book. The best little red book. It's a big, actually, it's a red book. If you haven't read Crucial Conversations, I highly recommend you read it. You can Mm -hmm. go out there. It's red. I think it's got four authors. I can't name a single one of them. But I've taken both a seminar and read the book. Recommended to many people. And it it has actually changed my leadership life, I would say. It is well worth the investment. If you have never read it, stop now. Go out on Amazon, buy it, and read it. I agree. One of the things I very much like about this crucial conversations is they have a continuum of communication. And on one end is silence, where you sit there with your arms folded, glaring at somebody. And on the other end is violence, where you are screaming at the top of your lungs, mother, I'm going to, right? And in the middle of that continuum, and it's actually more of a 
3D image, but in the middle of that continuum is that where those truly level set understanding conversations occur, where real communication occurs. Mm -hmm. So how, how do we get leaders? How do you, I mean, besides telling every single leader we know to go buy this book, mm -hmm. how do we paraphrase crucial conversation? Uh, well, besides the fact that we get a $5 endorsement for every book. This is not true. Yeah. <laughs> my lawyer says that's not true. Certainly my accountant says it's not true. <laughs> I wish it were true. Four million copies? I wish so. Yes. Crucial conversations really drive home what does safety look like, finding that shared understanding, um, really getting down to understanding when you're starting to get out of that that violence to silence and you're in that that zone mm -hmm. as you start to get out of it how to get back to safety mm -hmm. it, it's a it's a really good book um and it's especially very good if you're in conflict with somebody but it's also very very good it'll help you understand how to deal with a conflict with two other people as an observer it's very interesting to watch when you see someone start to veer out of bounds and it is a a necessary skill for you as a leader to be able to reach into that conflict and go you need to stop. You're out of bounds. You are not productive. Mm -hmm. One of the things that I like to bring up as, a, as I work with people is to say our goal, stay focused on our goal. And this is one of the things in crucial conversations. What are we agreed upon here? What are we trying to achieve? Mm -hmm. what, what are we after? And say, you saying that this person's perfume is whatever, is terrible, is out of bounds. Right. Let's stick with what we're trying to achieve, which is to push the company forward, to make a better profit, to make a better spreadsheet. doesn't matter but keeping them focused on the objective of hand. And with that, you know, you may never get those two people to take a, to sit together at the company picnic, right? No. Or, or, you know. As I like to say, have. braid each other's hair. Right, right. They're not, they're not even though you have great hair. <laughs> I'm just happy to have it. Yeah. At my um, advanced age. Yeah. But, um, uh, but you're never going to get those two to, you know, sing Kumbaya or, or, or go on vacation together. But the important thing is that they then can work through their conflict. And, and this is something that applies in all across life. It's going to help you not just in your work life, everywhere. Because one of the biggest challenges we have is being able to disagree agreeably. Yeah. You oh, and, and I don't agree on everything. Especially but, today. I mean, our, our public discourse has become one of standing at the, you know, standing at six feet apart and shouting at each other and not listening. Right. And and being able to to sit or, or even polarizing people, right? That you're yeah. like, anybody that doesn't agree with me, I'm unfriending them, I'm getting them out of my life. Uh, again, you can have good, close people in your life that you don't agree 100% with, but, you know, frankly, that's what makes us better. And when we do that, we're also contributing to some diversity and inclusion, diversity of thought, diversity of where we've been. You, you, cannot, you cannot grow as an individual, as a leader, as a husband, a wife, a father, a mother, a brother, son, whatever it is, without some sort of friction in your life mm -hmm. and being able to understand and manage that friction constructively to apply the kinetic energy to development of you is critical. And I feel like it's become a, a scarce commodity. Well, that I'll tell you that that'll that would preach on Sunday morning, Jim, because the, you look at you look at resistance, right? Uh, in weightlifting, right? Resistance makes you stronger. Some of that resistance, that friction you're talking about, is going to help build some muscles because one, it will one deepen your understanding of other people and appreciation for other people, but it'll also help you better understand your own convictions. 
you know, when I'm and as you're saying it, I'm thinking about a couple of examples in my past. I'm not going to go into them, but thinking about being in the room and taking a deep breath and going, what do I really want out of this? Mm-hmm. Do I need to defend my ego? Do I need to defend? Do mm-hmm. I need to be right? Mm-hmm. Or do I need just to lean in and say, this doesn't help us make the company better. This doesn't, you and I doing this, let's find a place where we communicate and we can get along and we can build. And, and I would say it's been very successful and it's, it's painful. It's leaning into something that scares you. Yeah. It's not easy, but it's worth it. Absolutely worth it. All right, Jim. So let's wrap this up. What did we learn about facing conflict today? You cannot ignore it. You must go after it. You got to lean into it. And you have to find the way to have those crucial conversations. Find the safe place, find the shared understanding, and have those crucial conversations that keep you from going either to silence or to violence so you can resolve that conflict and use the kinetic energy that's expended to create something better. Well, I'm tired of fighting with you over this podcast, so I think it's time <laughs> to wrap it up. These people that are listening have something far better to do. Besides, you got to get back to work or go refill your coffee cup. So, so today has been Leadership Lost and Found. I'm Randy Fields. I'm Jim Desmond. And you guys keep leading.